Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Before we begin our show, we want to just remind you all that this Friday for the USA-England match, the Rebellion will be having a watch party at Flynn's in Mansfield. Rebellion members and non-members alike are welcome, and there will be door prizes, as well as free samples from Shoveltown Brewery. So go check out the Rebellion's watch party this Friday. Doors open at 1 p.m. at Flynn's Pub in Mansfield. down the United States men's national team game against Wales, a 1-1 draw in the 2022 World Cup in Qatar. Uh, this is a disappointing result for the United States. We're going to break it all down throughout the course of this episode. My name is Tanner Rebello. Alongside me is Sam Minton from the Bent Musket. Sam, how are you? Um, I'd be doing a lot better if Walker Zimmerman didn't decide to just uh, collide into Gareth Bale. But hey, you know, a point to point, that's good. But uh, definitely wish our uh, United States boys could have uh, come up with a win. Yeah, you know, winning the first game is so important, especially in the group stages. I think the expectations going to this World Cup for the United States was at least advanced out of the group stage. Not coming away with those full three points, it really does hinder their ability here. Right now you're looking at the game against England on Friday and then the game against Iran, and it's putting that much more pressure on those games. So it's really easy to look at this and think this might have cost them that chance. I think the group is still open. There's still obviously a pathway, but this does put them in a brutal situation here. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that game against England is going to be crucial. I think you're going to need points if you really want to control your own destiny. Obviously, then if you don't get points, you just basically have to throttle Iran and hope that you score more goals than Wales does. Uh, but yeah, it seems like a humongous missed opportunity. It seemed like he had control of the game and then it rapidly uh, disappeared. So hopefully uh, when the game uh, does come on Black Friday, it will be a great one. I, I know I'm de- definitely hyped for it, but it's definitely going to be a, a very important one and probably one of the most important games in U.S. soccer in a long time. What were some of your key takeaways from this match, Sam? Yeah, I definitely want to talk to my boy, uh, PSG legend, uh, Timothy Weah, a.k.a. Timothy Weah. Uh, that goal was just amazing. Uh, to be able to score the first goal for the United States, uh, he's the first player born in like the two, 2000s or later to score a goal, which is amazing. Uh, he's also the first guy to score against Wales uh, in the World Cup since Pele. Also quite an amazing stat. Uh, but it's really a great play. Also credit to Christian Pulisic. You know, great run on the ball, great pass, perfect touch on it. And then Way was able to slot it home. And it seemed like the U.S. Uh, was about to walk away with three points. He had a great celly that was amazing to see as well, too. Uh, but overall, just a great, you know, kind of coming out party for Tim Way. Obviously, he's had his journey for U.S. men's national team. You know, obviously, there's his father living up to that status. Uh, um, he's obviously big over in France, uh, playing with PSG, like I said, and now with Lille. Uh, so overall, it's just great to see him get the goal. He's someone I've brewed for for a long time. So it was a great moment, and it seemed like it was going to be a moment that would propel the United States to victory. But obviously, that was not the case. Yeah, it really was an unfortunate ending there for the United States. Obviously, uh, Walker Zimmerman on the, with the penalty. 
And it really was a tale of two halves to me when you look at it. Obviously, the United States in the first half, they came out flying. They looked clean. They looked sharp. I think they had 90% pass completion. Um, you know, as a whole, they looked really, really good. But coming through that second half, Wales made the adjustment. They brought in more to play up top um, with Gareth Bale. And they really started to play more direct. And the United States didn't really have an answer for that. So I think you got to give Wales credit here for making that adjustment at halftime. And you can only look at Greg Berhalter and sort of just question Sort of some of the decisions that he made uh, maybe waited a little bit too long to make a substitution. Um, but I agree with you. I think Wea looked good. Tyler Adams looked great as well. I thought Reem looked great as well. And then Matt Turner had um, an you know, incredible save. I ended up coming away with two saves. But, uh, you know, then on the penalty, he almost got his hand uh, to bail a penalty shot and probably actually should have saved it. I think he probably would have wanted that back. But a lot of credit to Wales here. Incredibly disappointing for the United States. And I think for Greg Berhalter, he's going to have to look inward here uh, and really question some of the decisions that he made here. Yeah, and I mean, you know, you talked about it, just that sub uh, in the second half, but that was big for Wales. Obviously, Gareth Bale, he's the type of player. We've seen it in MLS. We've seen it across the pond. Now we're seeing it once again at the World Cup, where when he's with Wales, he's just a completely different player and he's just able to show up in those big moments uh, so definitely credit to him I, I mean it was it was a great penalty from him Matt Turner obviously definitely would have liked that but I think there was really nothing he could do he was able to get his hands on it but the shot was just too powerful but yeah you know definitely credit to Wales there I know we'll probably get into it some of the substitution decisions that Greg uh, Berhalter decided to make definitely some questions to be asked there uh, but again you know definitely Wales deserve credit for that tale of two halves because U.S. was dominating. They were dominating possession, playing real clean soccer, even, you know, through those yellow cards, uh, you know, guys like Tyler, Ad, uh, not Tyler, Ad, Bliss McKenney, uh, Sergino Dest. Uh, but overall, again, it's just, it's disappointing that it ended that way, but you do have to give credit to Wales for the performance they had in the second half. I think one of the storylines that people will sort of talk about is the officiating of this game. Uh, you had four yellow cards for the United States, two for Wales, um, some questionable non-calls. I think for the most part, it went both ways. There were definitely some missed calls, uh, I think, in terms of the United States. But in terms of the penalty, I think that was, you know, that was a legitimate penalty, right, for for Wales. Um, there's definitely some guards with yellow cards. I think Christian Pulisic was targeted by Wales. You know, they identified him as a player that they need to slow down. And, you know, Christian Pulisic took some big hits out there. Uh, towards the end of that game, you could really see him limping on the field. And a lot of players were cramping, uh, to be fair. But uh, I think Pulisic took some damage there. Yeah, for sure. You know, definitely Pulisic, he took took a beating. It seems to always be the case, whether it's in CONCACAF or in the World Cup. Definitely took a beating. And I think, you know, there's definitely some questionable decisions with those yellow cards. Maybe a little bit soft calls. But I think also, too, you have to point out just how the ref handled injuries in the sense that there was times where United States players would go down. And even if Wales had possession, he would blow the play dead. Same going for when Wales players went down. You know, he would also blow the play dead. But I, there's one in particular that stood out. I think it was when Pulisic went down and it was towards the end of the game. Wales had possession and he just decided, you know, this is going to be the time where I'm not going to blow play dead. And it's just that consistency. You know, obviously, if you're calling the game the same way, whether it be cards or, you know, stoppages like that, it's OK. But when you're not consistent, puts a real damper on the game. I don't think, you know, the officiating had a real effect on the game. I think, obviously, you know, great play by the United States to get up a goal. And they really blew it in the sense of allow, allowing Wales to come back. Again, it was just a dumb decision from Walker Zimmerman. But, yeah, definitely some questionable decisions from the officiating. And I just have to mention, because we are, you know, a revolution podcast as well, too. Greg Berhalter and Bruce Arena just love to make subs way too late when pretty much the entire fan base has been asking for them. So, you know, as a Revs, someone who covers the Revs, 
and you know obviously watching the u.s men's national team the commonalities between the two really stood out yeah the uh the first sub made by greg berhalter in the game was brendan narrington in the 66th minute for weston mckinney um and Arrington, to his credit looked really good um I thought he was one of the better substitutes coming off the bench for the United States in this game. Yeah, it just would have been great to see Greg possibly make a decision at halftime. Uh, obviously, you have a guy like, like you know, McKenzie. You also have Dest who are on yellow cards. And it's now going to be crucial these next two games. And, you know, moving forward, if the U.S. is able to get to knock around, those guys maintaining their discipline and staying out of the book because one more yellow card and, you know, you, you got that suspension. So it's going to be real difficult to see how that plays out. And then overall, too, you know, like you mentioned, I thought Aronson did well. I think one of the real only questionable decisions, I would say, is the exclusion of Gio Reyna entirely from this game. Uh, that definitely uh, raised some eyebrows, uh, especially with me. I know Matt Doyle is saying that Reyna has a knock, but I don't exactly. It's not that I don't believe Doyle. It's just I don't know if it, he seemed quite healthy uh, going into uh, his last games in the Bundesliga and coming into camp. So the think that he has a knock. Seems seems quite weird, uh, but overall, just really stunned by that decision. Yeah, I, th- I think with McKinney too. Um, just going back to that, and that probably should have been a halftime sub. I think you're right. McKinney hadn't played since late October. Um, it looked like he was dealing with a knock too, or at least was limping around um, rather slowly, especially in the second half of that game. Um, <clears throat> so that should have probably been an earlier substitution for the United States. Uh, and I think just based on the way Wales came out and the fact that they made that halftime sub, bringing on more to play up top, playing more direct, I think that should have caused a reaction from Burhalter to make an earlier decision um, with the substitution. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, they lost on not being able to get that second goal. Um, you know, going back to the first half, they probably should have had two goals in that first half. But, you know, in total, they only had one shot on target throughout the entire match. And that's not going to win you a lot of games. Um, so... For the United States, you do get a point, but, you know, I can't help but looking at this game and, you know, you're probably going to look back at this and say, all right, this might have cost them moving out of the group stage. Um, and it might have cost Greg Brawl yeah. his, his job with the national team, for being honest. I mean, yeah, I think even if you look at it, entering the World Cup, I think his job with the United States definitely deserves some scrutiny. Um, if he's was... If he is able to, you know, do some great things, get out of the group stage, I, w- I would say you'd have to advance past that knockout round and get into some serious kind of contention, you know, going going far in the tournament in order to for Greg to keep his job. I think he's really on the hot seat. He's going to have to perform. And even, you know, getting out of the group stage, that's kind of the expectation with this team. You know, seeing the talent out there, you know, seeing a guy like Matt Turner, now in the Premier League, chopping up with Gareth Bale after the game, seeing how many EPL stars we have. You know, you have uh, Yunus Musa become the first guy, uh, the first starter of, the, of a Spanish uh, first division team to, you know, get a start in the World Cup for the United States men's national team. The U.S. has the talent. It's now they need to show up and show that, you know, they're capable of getting out of the group. And like I just said, I think that's the minimum. You want to see how far this team can really go. And there's definitely been some debate regarding uh, Burhalter and just his tactics, how he handles the national team. You know, he seems to handle it more like a club team than the national team. Obviously, with the roster he brought in, there were some questions there. Uh, so he has a lot to prove. And I think so far, I would say he didn't exactly pass the test uh, with his decision making and, you know, with his subs that he decided to make. So obviously, it's going to be a big game on Friday for the team as a whole, but especially for Burhalter, if he's able to. Uh, get some points or somehow pull off a victory uh, that could save him his entire job. 
Yeah, it really puts this England match really in focus here. Uh, it really all comes down to this match. They can't afford to lose this match. Um, I don't think they can afford to get a, po- a point. I think they need to go in there and get uh, three points in that match. I think they need a win. Um, this is an English team that won 6-2 against Iran. Uh, you watched that match, right, Sam? What do you think of it? Um, I unfortunately did not. I was keeping up with it, obviously, on Twitter and the likes. Uh, but obviously, it was a dominant performance. I, w- I was happy to see guys like uh, Saka and Sancho, you know, make an impact. And, you know, especially to Jack Relis doing that sadly, uh for that kid he uh, met. That was absolutely amazing. But seeing them put up those numbers like that, you know, that's definitely something that has U.S. fans nervous because they, they absolutely blew Iran. I mean, I don't think Iran's a great team, but I also don't think they're just an absolutely terrible team. Uh, so for England to be able to put up those numbers, you know, I think it shows how dominant they can be. I'm not saying they're going to finally bring it home, but it's going to be an extremely tough match on Friday. And to be quite honest, I'm quite nervous about it because if I had to bet right now, I think the best case scenario is that you end up with a draw. And, you know, it's definitely likely that the U.S. drops, you know, the game entirely. And if that happens, it's going to be very difficult. And I would say almost impossible for the United States to get out of the group. So, you know, like you said, I think the U.S. at the minimum need points. If they get a win, you know, that would be humongous because I don't know if this Wales team can beat England. You know, definitely it'll be a good match. But I think with how Wales came out and performed against the United States, my confidence for them against England isn't extremely high. So I, I think you have a chance, even if you just get points, if you get that win, I think it'll be a, a statement game kind of putting the United States on the map and possibly showing that, you know, they can go a bit farther than some might have expected if they're able to get those three points. Yeah, and this is an English team that went up 3-0 at halftime. Um, you know, six goals total against Iran. It's just tough to envision the United States beating England at this point, but ultimately, how do they respond? How does the United States respond? What does Brawlter do? Um, and also, you have to look at the health of the team as well. You saw some sore legs. You saw Pulisic getting a little dinged up. McKinney as well, and a couple other players also dealing with cramps throughout the game, and obviously it's hot, but I do wonder what the reaction will be from the United States here. I mean, this is a young team for a mo- for the majority of this club. This is their their first World Cup, and you know they're going against England that has experienced players and arguably a better roster. And you know it's an uphill battle. And, and I really think this whole thing is going to come down to this game now. Unfortunately, the fact that you weren't able to come away with a win here against Wales, I think it all comes down to this match against England on Friday. And um, that's unfortunate. They put themselves in the position, their backs up against the wall, and we'll see what this team's made of, I think. Yeah, and I think, you know, it even comes down to the starting 11. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I think you have a guy like Gio Reyna. You kind of have to find uh, some somewhere for him to uh, get on the field in the starting 11, especially since he didn't play at all. I think you're going to want to run him out there for at the minimum 75 minutes. And I think, too, you can have some questions about who's going to be the striker. I thought Josh Sargent played quite well he had some good hold-up play but you know didn't necessarily impress me too much I think it will be interesting to see if uh, Jesus Ferreira gets a shout obviously I don't think they're exactly going to bench Walker Zimmerman but he might be on a bit of a tighter leash and it'll be interesting to see if guys like Cameron Carden Vickers or Aaron Long find their way into the starting 11 I thought Tim Ream did a a pretty great job especially going up against someone like uh, Gareth Bale so definitely kudos to him and then obviously, you know, there is the midfield question. Maybe you want to get someone like Brendan Erickson onto the starting 11, get him more minutes on the field. 
be interesting to see that. And also, you know, just like you mentioned, th- those players who were a little banged up, how are you going to manage those minutes? So lots of questions for what will happen on Friday. Yeah, I think it's incredibly curious, right? What does Berhalter do? And I think he must know that his job is on the line at this point. Uh, I would imagine he would assume it is. He's you know, the head coach of a team that qualified rather easily for the World Cup, brought the team back to the World Cup, but hasn't exactly inspired. And I think has had a lot of criticism, uh, both rightfully so, and also some of it may be unjustified. But, you know, this match against England is going to be the whole the whole shebang. Like, it really does come down to this. I think Iran, you look at them and you see, okay, well, England scored six goals against them, and that's probably an easy third game. But I think if you looked at this Wales game coming in, the United States was favored and, you know, one one draw, right? It wasn't the result that anyone expected. So, you know, in the World Cup, you can't take anything for granted. You have to see out every result. Um, this is to be very, very difficult now uh, in terms of their pathway to qualify and get out of the group stage. Um, looks like 538 actually has... The U.S.'s chances at 45%, still second in the group um, to advance out of the group stage. Uh, but it was 53% pre-tournament, so it has slid down a bit. But it, there's still a pathway, um, albeit a very narrow one at this point. Yeah, and obviously, you know, being a Revolution uh, podcast, I do just want to give a shout-out to Matt Turner. I know we, we definitely touched on him a little bit, but just overall, um, I thought he had some great distribution, obviously, besides uh, falling down on that one kick. But, you know, an amazing save. He showed off his shot-stopping ability. Um, just to be able to see him have the eyes of the world on him, uh, that was definitely amazing. And for him to come up big, I don't think you can necessarily get on him too much uh, for that penalty. But definitely, you know, with him being a former Revolution player, just wanted to uh, give him a shout-out for what was, you know, a, a pretty good performance, especially in his first World Cup game. Yeah, obviously, you know, probably a lot of emotions going through Matt. And that second half, he was in front of the Welsh supporters as well. Um, so it was probably hearing a lot throughout that entire second half. Um, made that incredible save on that uh, corner kick that came right after it. Didn't exactly play the ball perfectly. There was a couple moments where he, I think there was one moment where he kind of slapped the ball with two hands forward and it fell down in front of him. Probably should have went and punched that. Um, and then also in stoppage time, there was the um, the moment where Kellen Acosta had to uh, pick up a yellow card um, because Matt was 20 yards in front of his own goal. So I think there were some situations where Matt didn't play necessarily up to his level, but th- at the end of the day, uh, you know, that one goal he conceded was on a penalty that he, he got his hand to and probably should have saved. Um, but uh, overall, I can't get on Matt too much because that's not the reason why they lo- uh, came away with the draw in this game. Like It wasn't Matt's fault that they came in with the draw, but I would have expected a little bit better play out of him, if I'm being honest. Yeah, and also uh, just to kind of touch on a more positive side of things, I also thought that Tyler Adams had a great game just overall, you know, playing that defensive midfield role. He, I thought he just, you know, looked really good, um, you know, making tackles, uh, causing chaos uh, for Wills in the midfield, being able to make interceptions. I thought he was one of the better players uh, of the entire, you know, starting 11. So just definitely wanted – to give a shout-out to him, especially also, too, now the captain uh, seems well-deserved. But I thought he had a great game as well. Yeah, I think Tyler Adams was uh, was really incredible. Um, you know, 23 years old. I think he might have been their best player from start to finish. Um, one of the more consistent players as well. Did a lot of the little things, stuff that probably doesn't go as recognized. Uh, but, you know, I thought he had a great game as well. 
Before we get into listener questions, we want to take a minute to talk about our sponsor, Galasso Kits. Galasso Kits' mission is to bring unique vintage jerseys to your home with a catalog of jerseys, jackets, scarves, and more from clubs and national teams from over 80 countries in the world. They have a United States men's national team merch, Revs merch. They have merch from your favorite European club or your favorite country that you are supporting during the World Cup. Galasso Kits will have something you need and want in your closet. And if you're not sure of what you want, you can check out their mystery kit packages when you enter in the size and style of jersey that you like. So go check out GalassoKits.com for their full selection and make sure you follow them at GalassoKits on Twitter and GalassoKits on Instagram for updates on their new inventory every single week. And right now through Black Friday, they're running a promotion 25% off everything in the store, no promo code needed. So that is GalassoKits.com, 25% off everything through Black Friday. You have some questions here. Uh, not too many questions today, but then again, it was kind of a last minute podcast here. First question comes from uh, John Plinkington. Uh, what lineup changes would you like to see against England? Does Zimmerman start again? Yeah, I mean, we kind of touched upon it, but I, I think Zimmerman's the type of guy, just his role on the roster and just how he's always been there. He's been the constant. It would be surprising if he didn't start. I'd be lying if I said after that pen I wasn't screaming for Cameron Carden-Vickers or Aaron Long to get a start over him. Uh, but I, I would be shocked if uh, Burhalter decides to go with one of those guys against him. Maybe he has a tighter leash. Maybe you see him come off if uh, you know a sub is needed, or if he picks up a yellow, you see a guy like Cameron Carter-Vickers or Aaron Long uh, come in. But I personally would be quite shocked if uh, Zimmerman didn't get the start. Uh, a change for me, I would probably make is I, I would want to see Jesus Ferreira up top in striker. For sure. And then I just think somehow you have to get Gio Reyna onto the field. I think you ideally want to keep Tim Weah, but I just don't know how you're going to keep him in the starting 11 without if you want to bring in Reyna. So I think that will be difficult. Uh, but overall, I would definitely say I, I want to see what Jesus Ferrer can do up top. Yeah, I think specifically with center backs, uh, you know, I think Walker is going to start again. I think the question is Tim Ream. Tim Ream had a great game, but he's 35 years old. Um you just have to see how he comes through the week and how he recovers here. But I think Reem might be the bigger question here because um, that's asking a lot of a 35-year-old just to to play again in another World Cup game. I mean, he played incredibly well. He had a tactical yellow card. Um, you know, Reem really anchored uh, that center back pairing and was the better of the two. But I, I think Zimmerman, you kind of have to give him a pass uh, for the uh, foul on Bale. Um, I think Reem's really the question. But I agree with you in terms of the striker position. I did like the way Josh Sargent played. Uh, for most of the game, but I think Jesus Ferreira um, should get an opportunity considering he had a really good form at his club with FC Dallas. Yeah, and I, I think it will be interesting to see if Tim Ream, you know, whether it just be, you know, uh, managing minutes or, you know, God forbid he picks up a knock or anything like that, to see who slides in next to Walker. I think obviously a guy like Aaron Long, you know, he has that chemistry with Zimmerman, you know, he's played with him a bunch. And I think, obviously, uh, the Euro snobs will hate that two MSL, MLS center backs are starting together in the World Cup. Uh, but, you know, I definitely would probably give Aaron Long the shout over Cameron Carter-Vickers, just based on their chemistry and how much Long and Zimmerman have played together. Uh, but I don't know if you uh, happen to have any take on who do you think would replace someone like Tim Marine? Yeah, that's a great question. I think Aaron Long um, is an interesting one. Uh, I think... It's probably the realistic one as well. I would not want to replace Tim Ream, if that makes sense. But I just think you might have to, given he's 35 years old. So it'd just be interesting to see what happens and how they approach this. 
this English team that it's, it really is a must-win situation for them. And I, it's just super curious, right? There's going to be so much pressure on the players, on Greg Berhalter, uh, to come out and get a get a win. So um, I don't know if you really shake the bow. Like, I, I think Tim Ream at 35, you probably think they're going to move off him. But you know, realistically, it's probably still your best option when you look at the, uh, the other center backs they have on the team. Yeah, for sure. And that is all the questions we have, Sam. Uh, just that one we, question. All right, hey, we got a question. That's good, though. Uh, but overall, uh, obviously, Black Friday is coming up. It's going to be a big game. I don't know. We kind of we skirted around it, but we haven't committed to it. Let's get a prediction, Tanner. Two to one, U.S. loss. Ooh, I, I'm going to be realistic, but also a pull for the U.S. men's national team. I think they're going to be in the way kits, which I think is very important. But I think they're going to get the draw, at least. I, I will give it 2-2 two, two draw. Uh, I just think the United States are going to realize they need to get points. And I think it's going to be very difficult, but I think they're going to be able to edge it out. I do think it's going to be a pretty high-scoring game. I think you know England will find ways to get past the United States back line. Matt Turner will probably face a lot of pressure, and we'll see if he's able to answer the call. Wouldn't surprise me if he does. Uh, but I just think England has the talent where they're able to score a few goals on him. And then I just hope and pray that the United States men's national team is able to get a point. Because if they don't, I think we are saying sayonara. We are out of the World Cup. I will be sad. I will be rooting for Brazil to win it all. And I will be calling for Greg Berhalter's job because I basically am already because I can't believe he did not put Gio Reyna into this game. Yeah, I just realistically, I, I based on the game we just watched, there's a pathway for victory, but England's a good team. They're better than the United States. And I just think Berhalter's going to be outcoached. I think he was outcoached in this game against Yeah, Wales. and if, if he's going to be outcoached against Wales, I think, you know, it would be doubting Gareth Southgate to say that he can't outcoach Greg Berhalter. And once again, we will be at the wonderful spot where, as U.S. men's national team fans, uh, we get to wonder who can lead us past the knockout round because it clearly is not Greg Berhalter. Yeah, and that's the question. But, you know, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves here, Sam. So I have two more games in the group stages. There's still an opportunity for the United States to advance. It is still there for the taking. It all comes down to England on Friday. Uh, so it, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I think, you know, ultimately a lot is riding on this, not only for this World Cup, but also building towards 2026. And I really do think it matters how you finish here and putting those building blocks in place because when the World Cup comes here in 26, you want to make a legitimate run at winning a World Cup. This team doesn't look like it's capable, but as long as you can put the building blocks in place, get out of the group stage, get that opportunity, get the experience that you need to then build for 26. And I think that's really what's important here. And obviously, if you're a player, you're looking to just win. But in the grand scheme of things, it's about the next World Cup at this point for the United States. Yeah, and you know, just to echo your sentiments, I think this you know, match against England. It's one of the biggest ones in recent history, just based on those implications. You want to, you know, build for a strong 2026. And you also, too, after failing to qualify, you want to make a statement that, you know, United States is serious about this uh, soccer thing and can compete with some of the best nations, including someone like England. So, you know, we've said it plenty of times. This is a very important match, and it will be very interesting to see uh, what the result ends up being. 
Yeah, I mean, this is is really showing the world, right? You've seen all these players start playing for huge clubs, Chelsea, Juventus, uh, Leeds United, all these different clubs that they've played for at this point. You see that there's growth, right, in the United States program, and they're building towards something. And this is where they have to show that they were building towards the correct thing, right? Otherwise, it could set the program back again. And, um, you know, obviously they made the World Cup. It's great. But they got to get out of group stage. And this match against England is probably going to determine everything, unfortunately. So a lot of pressure on them. For sure. I, it, hopefully uh, the, the United States men's national team and Greg Berhalter can step it up and uh, get those three points. That's all I had, Sam. Uh, where, where, that's all I had, too. <laughs> where can they uh, find you on social media? Um, yeah, you can definitely you can follow. First, follow us at the Bent Musket. Uh, Twitter uh, seems to be in flux, so definitely check us out at thebentmusket.com first off. But you can find me on Twitter at Sam underscore Minton twenty two. Seth McCumber recently made me capitalize it, uh, so it's all proper AP style. Uh, so definitely check me out there. Um, also, to check out uh, the Bent Musket at the Bent Musket on Twitter. We have plenty of coverage of the World Cup. My recap went live right after. Uh, the final whistle, we'll have plenty of recaps about different groups. I'm trying to keep tabs on Brazil, as I know we have a large Brazilian following uh, here in New England, so definitely going to keep track of them. But Tanner was an absolute blast. I wish it was under much better circumstances, and the United States was able to pull the win. But once again, Greg Berhalter is our coach, so we always mess things up. It's okay. The United States will be back in action on Friday at 2 p.m. So that's going to be a very important match. We'll be here at Revolution Recap to break it all down. You can follow Revolution Recap on Twitter at Revolution Recap. Thanks to everyone for watching. Sam, thank you for coming on.